Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, and I created this podcast because I wanted to offer Dharma talks or wisdom teachings through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. And today's episode, perhaps more than any other I've shared so far, does just that. In just a little bit, I'll speak on some of my favorite topics, ones that often get left out from spiritual conversations. We'll be speaking on women, sex, yoga, and awakening. But before we dive in, in case you're joining us for the first time, I want to fill you in on what we've been up to here. For the past two months, I've been sharing a special seasonal series here on the podcast called Bubble Bath Wisdom because a bubble bath is a really doable dose of self-care and it lands us back in our bodies and our hearts when paired with wisdom teachings. And in fact, this combination of bubble baths and Dharma talks is one of my favorite evening wind down rituals just to land back in the big picture after a full day. And each she talk in this series is a clip from one of my retreats followed by a guided yoga or meditation practice to help you embody that teaching. 
And all of this is a little slice of what I offer in the She School, a nine-month spiritual practice community that I lead every year for a group of really devoted, loving change makers around the world. And it's a space for us to explore as a sacred sisterhood, all the topics that I share on this podcast and so much more. And in the She School, we face head on, hearts open, our biggest struggles as modern women, things like feeling constantly beat up by our inner critics for not being good enough, or struggling with finding the time for play and pleasure, not to mention a good night's sleep, or how to make peace with self-sabotage, all the way to placing the sacred at the center of our daily lives and sourcing our every step from our inner wisdom, rather than just the fears that stay stuck in our heads. And it's really amazing the kind of healing that happens when we simply breathe more space and loving care into all these things that we usually struggle with alone and that usually get stuck at the bottom of our list and we never end up getting to them. I've noticed both in my own life and in the lives of the hundreds of women who've gone through this program over the years that when we put our inner life at the center of our lives, everything else starts to work better. It starts to really blossom. Our health, our relationships, our self-esteem, our creativity, our confidence, our joy. So for nine months, we practice together. We go deep together. We celebrate one another. And we do all of this through monthly video yoga and meditation retreats, through group mentoring calls, and a really lively online forum where I, along with two of my certified teachers, really hold your hand and cheer you on. If you'd like to join us for this year's She School journey, we actually start in a little bit over a week, and it would be such an honor to support you. You can learn more at theshe-school.com. Now, today's talk is an excerpt from our 2014 Red Tent program, which I renamed last year as The She School when my new book, The Book of She, came out. And this talk offers our first glimpse into full-on, on-fire feminine spiritual practice. And at the point in the program where I gave this particular talk, we were about six months into our nine-month journey. At the point in the heroine's journey, when we've gone through the descent and we're facing our initiation and we're just about ready to move back into the light. And here at this initiation point, I spoke on a really crucial topic along our path, our sexuality. And I touch on our liveness, our ecstasy, and honestly, our usual lack of these things. And we look at why they're so crucial to resuscitate for our freedom and empowerment. So my dear sisters, settle in. Draw yourself a bath or pour yourself a cup of tea, whatever whatever your favorite self-care mode is. And then dip your toes into this loving crucible of feminine spiritual practice. Enjoy. So to start us out, a quote from fellow Barnard alumna, that was where I went to college in New York City. Erica Jong, the greatest feminists have also been the greatest lovers. 
I'm thinking not only of Mary Wollstonecraft and her daughter, Mary Shelley, but of Anais Nin, Edne St. Vincent Millay, and of course, Sappho. You cannot divide creative juices from human juices. And as long as juicy women are equated with bad women, we will err on the side of being bad. So as we progress along the heroine's journey in the Red Tents, certain pieces of the heroine's journey, not, not all of them, but some of the primary pieces, we remember that this is an inner journey, a focus on our inner worlds. Although as we move into the third trimester, we will start to focus more on integration with the outer world. But right now, we're still diving deep into our bodies and our psyches and our souls. So we all remember back to trimester one and these fundamental practices that were at the start of our journey and which need to be really at the start of each of our days, which is coming home, coming home to our bellies, coming home to the lower halves of our bodies, coming out of the disembodied fog that can happen when we start to live just from our necks up. We've also learned how our disowned selves, our shadow, gets stuffed away in the lower halves of our bodies as we prioritize our minds. So we continue to journey down below our solar plexus, even in our solar plexus, which you have heard me call our own inner glass ceiling. We experience our disowned selves and our shadow as trauma in the body as places that feel frozen, that feel stuck, sticky, tight, stiff. So these psychological demons are embodied. They live in our bodies. And if any of you have embarked on the Feeding Your Demons practices from Lama Sultra Malioni's book, Feeding Your Demons, which I spoke about in last month's retreat and was also on the reading list for last month, you will notice that the feeding your demon practice always begins with noticing sensations in your body. So before we can make our ascent, which begins next month, the month of August, and in the first part of trimester three, we have to complete our descents. And there is a very particular kind of alchemy that needs to happen in the descent, a very particular kind of surrender in order for the resurrection to take place. And just as we began our journey in the lower halves of our bodies, this alchemy must also happen in the lower halves of our bodies. So we have to experience the transformation of the dark, of our shadow, into our light or into our greatest gifts and allies. 
they are the same thing. They are two halves of the same coin. So sorrow becomes joy. Shame becomes divine pride. Demons become allies. Weaknesses become strengths. They're not separate. We all know how much energy gets drawn into our self-sabotage, our inner critic. If we think about what's consuming us, what's eating at us, these are things that we feel are weakening us or detracting from our life force. So what we do in this place in the journey is we see, okay, all of this energy that's going down in this self-destructive pattern, how can I reroute that to use that energy as a really important source of vitality and vibrancy and creativity? So we all focus so much on drinking green juice, eating kale, doing yoga, taking the right supplements and vitamins, all of these wellness and self-care rituals. And I full support of all of those. We do those to get energy and to feel good. But again, we can't just focus on the more superficial and external elements of feeling good, we have to go down to the root and actually reroute our own energy flow. So how exactly does this happen? We have explored how the crucible for our transformation is our own pelvis, is the female pelvis. The air that is vital for any sort of fire, and alchemy happens in fire, the air that is vital is just the atmosphere of your true nature, which is love. And the kindling within the crucible are your demons. And the energy that emerges from this is your sexual energy. So the portal for sharing this sexual energy with the world goes in two directions. One is it goes into your yoni, which is the Sanskrit word for your vagina, Y-O-N-I. And this we can see in a lot of ancient traditions, like the Dakini tradition of Tibet in northern India. Dakinis were uh, enlightened women in that society who could actually own land, and they had tremendous societal power. And it was said that they shared their spiritual realization through sexual intercourse, So whereas a man would share his sexual power or transmission through mind, a woman would share it through sex. The same was true for the traditions of ancient prostitutes, which 
Many say that Mary Magdalene was part of that lineage and movies such as um, Dangerous Beauty about Italy and also in um, Greek, we hear a lot about these sacred prostitutes. So the other direction that this sexual energy flows is up into our hearts. And Dr. Christian Northrup talks about how our lower heart as women is our womb. And our upper heart is the heart that we all know in our chest. As women, we have a powerful energy line or meridian, which is what it's called in traditional Chinese medicine, linking the uterus and the heart, the channel that connects these two. This is why we need to be really grounded in our lower heart in order to first open our upper hearts. And in a lot of spiritual traditions, there's a big focus on the light, on opening up our hearts, and there's a bypassing and a disowning of the darkness and of our lower hearts. So that oftentimes, if you have a powerful heart-opening experience and you are not already firmly grounded in the earth, that can be tremendously discombobulating. That is where psychotic breaks can happen because you cannot embody the insight. You cannot embody the strong energy that is opening you. So when we link our lower hearts and our upper hearts, we also link heaven and earth. We link potential with matter. So the problem that we face as modern women is that we put sexual energy into a little box where we think, okay, sexual energy is this thing that happens over here in my life, in the bedroom, or uh, in Victoria's Secret lingerie, or on date night, or that we see on pornos. It's a small corner. And what happens when we're growing up is that our sexual self gets either disowned or it gets distorted when we're taught to be good little girls. So we either fully get on board with being a good little girl and our sexuality goes deep into the cellars of our consciousness, or we rebel against that and we start to act out with our sexuality, being very promiscuous and maybe overly adventurous in a way that isn't really truly sovereign and empowered. So this is not about blaming ourselves or making ourselves wrong. And hopefully we all know that by now, but it's about cultivating awareness for what our pattern is and how these patterns developed through our family of origins. And then now as grown women generating personal power by making conscious choices, making conscious choices about how we want to relate to our sexuality, how we want to express our sexuality and not being inhibited by taboos that we inherited or by 
fear of now that we're older, expressing different aspects of ourselves that might feel uncomfortable or out of reach. So here in the underworld, we acknowledge that we're changing our definitions of what sexual energy is. Sexual energy is our life force. It is the same thing as creative energy. It is the fuel for our power and for healing. So this is why as women, we create physically when, when we know how to do these embodied practices, we create physically from our ovaries, from our wombs, even if you had them removed or parts of them removed. So we can tap into this huge current of creative energy by understanding that our creative energy is our sexual energy. So as we start to work and partner with our sexual energy as the source of our power, that power which transforms the darkness into the light, what happens is it starts to move and flow and heat up and unfreeze areas of stuckness, shutdownness, trauma, frozenness. Another dimension, another aspect to consider is that at this time in history, masculine spiritual practices and masculine spiritual realization are prioritized. And us as women, we are usually trained in those traditions. However, as women, we need a different approach, which is why we're all here. And we remember that we all have inner masculine and feminine. So ultimately, we all need to experience both dimensions of realization, not just exclusively one or the other. So in masculine realization, we can think very much about the Zen tradition, like my own fiance, Keith. It's all about all pervasive, empty awareness. And a great visual of that is just simply a Zen, um, a Zendo. Very sparse, no decorations, hardly, except for cushions on the ground and maybe um, a bowl, a, a singing bowl for keeping time for the, some of the chants. Feminine realization, however, is about all pervasive love. And here, if any of you have ever been to India, you can think about an Indian temple with candles and incense and song and color and flower offerings, children and animals and just everything that you could ever imagine all happening at once in one place within a very fragrant, abundant, loving environment. So feminine spiritual practice brings us more fully into life, not out of it or above it. 
It allows us to cultivate a heart that can embrace paradox and duality. It helps us to see that pleasure and celebration, delight, ecstasy, and fun are not deterrence or distractions on our paths, but they are portals into deeper insight and transformation. And not only are they portals, but they are necessities. So some years ago, my teacher, Sophia Diaz, gave me a practice, uh, a daily ecstasy practice. And an example that she gave was one that her own teacher, Adi Da, used to advocate, which was taking a cold shower or at the end of your shower, just turning on the hot water for three or turning on the cold water for three minutes and just fully embracing the sensations of the cold, which is when you do that and you pay attention to that, it is a certain form of ecstasy. Another example she said, she said was, hiking or running up a mountain because I live right at the foot of a mountain and noticing the aliveness in your body. And when you get to the top, just the configuration of clouds and the quality of light. Female mystics like St. Teresa and Mirabai, Lala, and even Mary Magdalene write about this kind of ecstasy of existence. We also hear these stories through, as I mentioned before, Dakinis and temple priestesses and sacred prostitutes. So what is your relationship with sexuality and with ecstasy? And how do these things relate to your yoga and meditation practice? your relationship with the divine, to other people, to your career, your sense of self, and your expression in the world? Those are some of the journaling questions I shared with our She School community after I gave this talk, and they're really important ones to consider. So I encourage you to write them down and journal about them too if you feel called. And because this material on our sexuality and how it intertwines so intimately with our spirituality is very rich and complex, quite honestly, very edgy. As I continue to improve on the She School year after year in the 2016 program, for the first time, I'm only teaching this module in a very much expanded format through a live retreat. So you see in the She School, we have two levels of engagement. There's the regular membership, which is 100% virtual, which includes those monthly video retreats, the mentoring calls, the online forum. And that's what most women choose to go through. And then there's the Lux, as in deluxe membership, which is for a much smaller, more intimate and um, really devoted group of women, which includes all of the things in the regular membership as well as two private mastermind calls with me for more personalized mentorship, as well as a live week-long retreat in Montana this June. And it's at that retreat where I'll lead women through this initiation, 
and share the secret teachings of female mystics, the Dakini, which is the enlightened feminine in Buddhism, and the temple priestess in order to really draw out more desire, playfulness, liveness into every nook and cranny of our lives. And I'm only teaching these things in person now because body-to-body, heart-to-heart transmission is the most potent way to learn them. And it's through this in-person teaching in the sacred container of a retreat where I can best share my gifts, which is really to see each woman's body and to help her unkink the areas where she's been frozen and shut down, maybe for years or maybe for her whole life. So to share with you a little slice of retreat life, if it isn't possible to go on retreat or if you just want to get a little taste of what it might be like, I invite you to put the information you heard today to practice through your body. And to do that, in the show notes, you'll see a link to a 15-minute video of a flow yoga sequence I taught at one of last year's She School retreats. And it's designed to do, ideally, on an empty stomach in the morning to bring flow to stock stagnant energy, to help you drop into the wisdom of your lower, the lower half of your body, and to experience more of an inner yoga that blossoms from within rather than a top-down yoga that has become really popular and is kind of dangerous because it's imposed from our minds. So I encourage you to dive in as information needs to travel down below the neck to really start to awaken some freedom. And if you're ready to heal your relationship to yourself and your life this year, either through the regular She School or the She School Lux, I invite you to come explore the fullest, most evolved expression of this program at theshe-school.com. Our nine-month journey starts in just about 10 days, and it would be an honor to guide you towards leading a more soul-centered life in the year ahead. So until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support, and thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.